It's not the one-armed bandit. Not that outlaw. It's the outlaw. The football playing wild tornado from Iowa. Let me intro. <laughs> a two-star recruit barely was going to get a scholarship. The Hawkeyes offered him. He took. Became a three-year starter. One of the very few ever under the Ferentz era. Goes on to fourth all-time in tackles for the Iowa Hawkeyes. The 2016 Big Ten Conference Defensive Player of the Year. That's out of Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, the Fuskers. Nebraska still has We'll even throw team. in Northwestern. Oh. And drafted in 2017 by the Denver Broncos, middle linebacker, Josie Jewell. The outlaw. The outlaw. Josie Jewell with us. Sorry, I'm... He's doing the so, hand in the air thing. Yeah, so as we all know, I'm a little bit of a fan of the Hawks. And uh, we were... Uh, um, last year, I totally fangirled Josie Jewell. You did. I uh, dropped him. I got dropped. I got in his DMs on the uh, IG. That's Instagram, Dad. Um, but uh, I wrote him. He said he was... He, you know, it said he was still in Denver, and we were here at the stock show. And so I just said, hey... I'm part of the production team. If you ever want to come down, you know, holler at me and blah, 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 blah. You know, thinking he'll never answer. Yeah. And he answered. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do I say? What do I say? And then I'm like, then he ended up, they were actually coming down anyways, him and his family. And and we met up and uh, shook his hand and it was pretty awesome and, 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 and got to become pretty good buddies. You know what? Because he's just a regular dude. I like, that's what I like. I like a regular dude like that. That smashes people. And he was and he was a Hawkeye. And he was a Hawkeye. You know, I just converted. Did you know that? What were you? What you used to be? Uh, well, I used to be a. Well, you're gonna laugh if I tell you, but I used to actually be a Kansas Jayhawk football fan. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, maybe a basketball fan. But yeah, I'm still cheering them for basketball. Yeah, he still but goes, but I, I hope I, they're good at football soon. I'm fine with that. He's uh he's he's. <laughs> He had no choice but to become a Hawkeye fan because we do a lot of rodeos. Yeah, together, so. especially True. in the fall when Hambone, like, I know that there's a lot of people that like college football, but the love that Hambone has for college football is wild. <laughs> you got like, a little knowledge. A little when, knowledge. We, when we watch <laughs> yeah. games together, I just sit there and I don't say a word because I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I love college football, but, like, sometimes maybe during, during the game I'll be drinking and I'll be like, Hey, Bone, what do you think about this deal coming up with this rodeo? And he's like, shut up! And then, he, But he yells. I don't know if uh, – I've never been on the field, but can you hear uh, when people yell at you through TVs? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You usually got a, yeah, you got a little headset in there. You can hear him sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, waves. He will stand in front of the TV and yell at the coaches, the refs, and uh, at Rosenberg, what? he punched a hole in his wall in his old camper. Yeah. Hmm. Was I it see. worth it? Well, it, we threw a pick against Illinois, and we were losing to Illinois. When Illinois wasn't – they were actually decent this year. So that's why I was mad. But we ended up kicking their ass. But oh, that's good, yeah. It's all good. And I, I, I usually don't try – I try not to yell at the coaches because I'm pretty sure they know a little bit more about what's going on than me. But anyway. So, so yeah, we, we, uh, we were honored. Um, Josie has uh, just had a beautiful little girl. Uh, what month and month ago? Not no, two weeks. Two weeks. Two, two weeks. And, two and oh. weeks and a couple days. Yep. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's congratulations. Uh, 
Welcome to fatherhood. You're now a father like me and Rump. <laughs> you know, I'm such an old. You guys only father. did one baby at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't three. do three. It's yeah, so I know. I, I I sit there. I find myself going, man, you this or that. You know, not really complaining. Just kind of, you know, saying what's going on. I'm like, oh, the, and and then I realize I'm talking to a man who had three at one time. Yeah, I don't so. know if I could do that one. One's tough enough right now. I mean, I'm good with it. Oh, God. Well, being a man's not for everybody. You know. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Don't hit me. Okay. Yeah, but Boyd got her pregnant. Oh, oh I hate no. that stupid joke. I hate. I hope he never tells that joke again. <laughs> well, what's the joke besides the point? So besides yeah, tell him. Ralph. The the joke it like Boyd will say this at different rodeos where he's like, I talk about being father of triplets, and he's like, well, while there's no doubt that he's the father of triplets, what he's not telling you is I'm the one that got her pregnant. While, like, he's, oh, while he says that is got him. We were on uh, fertility medication. So in between Logandale and Corpus Christi, we weren't going home, and he was. So we had the the uh, medicine shipped to Boyd's house, and he brought the medicine to Corpus Christi, which was injected to help with the process, and then it worked. So that's how he got her pregnant. Yeah. He calls out a lot of people. Last year he called out us. Remember? Oh yeah. It was during. Uh, I think it was during the show when he called out the Hawkeye guys. And oh stuff yeah. Like that. Yeah. He he, he tackles like the Hawkeyes. You know, yeah. knowing that you're there. He does that just to get a rise out of people. Wasn't yeah. That? But we could. The uh, three let's go us, slap him around. The three of us with together. The three could. of us, we maybe be able he's to get it big, done. He's a big dude. He's huge. But you know how fun that would be to beat him up. Probably worth the time. I I don't want to know. I don't either. Anyway, How so about I'll watch you. Let's do get it. enough about that yeah. crap. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some some ins and outs. You know, um, even me being a super fan, and you know, a little bit over the board, maybe a little bit sometimes. You know, we really don't know like all the ins and outs, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm saying, you may yell, I may yell at Brian Ferentz for calling a play, but it may be in the absolute correct play, just wasn't executed right. You yeah, know, so exactly. there's so much ins and outs, but. Um, so kind of go back, you, you know, you're from, uh, Decor, Iowa, Northeastern Iowa. Yep. So a small guy, a small town guy. And, uh, who just, just, you know, and this is going back from things I've watched, you know, uh, he's wanted everything. And, and so your coaches were really, you know, I think, how was that process with when you got recruited finally to Iowa and where were you going to go before that? I know sure. you were. Yeah. I mean, the process was kind of weird. Uh, it was back and forth between talking to like Luther College, which is a D three school, yeah. which all my family went to. Uh, besides my dad, he just didn't go to college; he went right to the farm. Um, but everybody else went there. They all played sports. My mom ran cross country. My sister, oldest one, uh, did track. The next one did basketball, and then my brother uh, did football, and he played baseball a little bit. So everybody went there, and I thought it'd be an easy way to you know just go there. That'd be the easiest way. Um, you were just planning on playing some football, and then probably yeah. going to the farm. Yeah, that was probably the idea. Maybe not the farm. I don't know, man. It's a little, <laughs> little too much work for not a lot of money. Yeah, um, that is. But that, that is was true. that was kind of the process, and then Iowa came in and started talking to me, and a couple other uh, D two schools and stuff like that. But finally. Um, I was I was just pretty kind of mad that they didn't offer me, and I was like, "Are you guys going to offer me or not?" And then finally, I think it was like a week later, which was what three days before signing day. Uh, coach Morgan, one of the old coaches there who yep, retired recently, just retired, yeah, great coach. Uh, then he finally offered me, and and then it was uh, pretty well set that I was going there. Otherwise, before that, I was I was going to Luther. So Reese Morgan offers you. You go to Iowa. You're uh, you did did you you played it as a true freshman? No, no, you I did redshirt, red and then that's right. I played uh, redshirt freshman year. I played. Well, I broke my hand uh, during camp that year. 
what did I break it? I break it uh, four days before the first game, and uh, then the other guy would end up. We were uh, switching off and on. His name was Reggie Spearman at the time. Really big yep. recruit. Uh, everybody thought he was really good, and um, uh, it turned out to kind of be average. And then he, he transferred. So it was me and him going back and forth. We were going to split time, and I broke my hand. I was out, and then the first game I came back into was Iowa State, and uh, then I played only on third down when we were covering tight ends and stuff like that. I played a lot of special teams. Um, Actually, my first play, it was actually my second play ever playing on defense. I had a holding call against me, against <laughs> Iowa State, uh, on our own 40-yard line with uh, 20 seconds left in the game. Becomes a first down. They keep on getting a couple more yards and uh, end up kicking the field goal to win the game. It was a rough start for me to, to play. I probably mother effed you. <laughs> you <laughs> probably did, but I had, I had a couple of plays before that. You know, I, I think it was my third play. Well, yeah, can, I, so. can I back it up a little bit? So, like, uh, you know, because you're talking – we have a lot of people, different people listen to Rub Chat, but like for the rodeo people, like for me, when you're talking about, um, you know, getting recruited, how does that process work? Like, because obviously I didn't get recruited, so I didn't have to worry about it. But like, do people from the different colleges or do your coaches set up meetings or like, how, how does that all work? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so usually like the coaches come in from the schools uh, that are recruiting you. They'll either send you letters and stuff like that and tell you when they're going to be able to come in. Um, and then you can kind of respond from that, or you have your AD respond, and he'll get back to him, or your your football coach from your school that you're at right now, and then they'll come in, set up meetings, um, talk to you, just see what kind of guy you are. Usually, uh, do some paperwork, uh, maybe watch a little film or something like with that with them, and then that's it, and then leave. Um, so it really depends on what kind of school. If it's D1, D2, or D3, really what you're talking about. D3, you're just talking about football. D2, you're talking about a little bit of scholarships. D D1, you're talking about scholarship or walk-on guy um really what you want to do because i mean they're often a lot of guys and they have to have a lot of stuff going order to be able to offer different people or else they have to i mean yeah, it's just kind of a crap their, show for them keeping their budget but i i can't imagine like being 18 years old right and especially from a small town I was a small town guy and then you know going to a big college on the football team i would think that you'd be like yeah I, you know i'm going to play for iowa then you're like, shit. Yeah, you know? once you're there, that's what I kind of. These guys are huge. Like the first, um, even before I went to an Iowa game or anything, I went to a Green Bay uh, Houston Texans game at Houston, and uh, my god, like they're they're big on TV, but you like you see them, JJ Watt, like he came down to the end zone, was pumping people up. It's like. Holy shit! Yeah, if you're on down the sidelines, monster, them, you'll tell. But if you're up a couple rows, you can't really tell too much. We were front, down. yeah, we were yeah, we were front, front row, row right on the end zone. David Glott got his tickets anyway. So um, we uh, so yeah, you go you go to Iowa um, the first year, what, and then I remember the sophomore year, like it was a breakout year for you. It was awesome, and we're like, we get this guy. Well. Back then, he seemed, and it wasn't even that long ago. But it's mm. like guys really didn't at Iowa because it's such a developmental program. True, guys stayed, and but the last few years, uh, you know, uh, George Kittle, who's the hottest tight end in football right now, uh, you know, but he stayed. I guess he was a senior, but uh, Hawkinson and Fant, you know, they came out as juniors, and and Monty Hooker came out as a junior, and now. You know, I we were just talking about this for uh, safety Geno Stone and 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 Lattimore. You know, guys like that. I don't. I'm. I'm. I. They. You know, Lattimore didn't win any. He wasn't even honorable mention. You know, Geno Stone was honorable mention All Big Ten as a safety, 
but they're going out. So what, how does that, you know what I mean? Why, who's telling them that like, Hey, you'll do good. Yeah. The process is kind of weird with that. Um, and it's all up to you really, but, uh, the process they probably went through is what I went through in my junior year. And my junior year, I was just checking to see what the market was like. I wasn't going to leave. I just wanted to see uh, where they had me. But you really go in, you fill out some paperwork, um, and uh, you end up sending your highlight tape over to an, a committee pretty much. I don't know how many people it is. Um, and then from there, they look at it, and they also kind of, you know, they've watched film of regular games without the highlights. Uh, I think they just choose four other games that they watch. And then they'll tell you either – yeah, come out, and that's either your first to second round projected, or they'll tell you to stay, which is third through fifth or beyond, you know, sixth and seventh, stuff like that. So, like, my junior year, I got told to stay, and, and after that, they told me it was third to five, I believe. Um, but then you look at these guys, you wonder what they're being told. I don't know. A Japonesa and, and worse, they're probably yeah. be told uh, first round or second round, which is definitely understandable. I'd probably leave, too. If I had one of those, absolutely. Uh, but it's, hard, it's millions also hard, of dollars. It's but. hard to tell too because you have a lot of different camaraderie with different teammates, and maybe they don't have a bunch of camaraderie or and stuff like that. I think they do, um, but it really depends. Uh, so I'm guessing they probably got told they were going to get drafted early, uh, and that's why they took it. Or you sometimes have agents that come in and tell you, "Oh yeah, you'll get drafted." And then people like that. They like the agents telling them that, so they just go with them and they get drafted what fifth sixth round See, that's in an accident a, which is just terrible well, I, I that, and that. it sucks because they both Lattimore and Stone could both I mean uh, Epines is going to go first round if not early second round and Worfs will probably be a first rounder he's a right tackle so I and he hasn't even he hasn't declared yet there's still hope but yeah, yeah right mm-hmm. you know you kind of expected that uh but you know you just you're thinking gosh dang you, you know why wouldn't you come back another year you know I I, I can't imagine well, but I guess it. those agents are good because they're good and they got them believing. Yeah, you know. The, but the how agents. how much does Coach Ferentz? How much do the coaches? You know, does Ferentz go look? You know, or he or does he just go? It's your choice. Well, if you're looking your junior year, he'll probably sit you down and talk to you. Uh, I think I talked to him for about like five minutes, yeah, and he, he understood what I was doing with mine. I was yeah. just looking at it just because I was interested. Uh, but with these other guys, I think he sits them down and talks to them. I think Coach Doyle, the, the strength staff guy, does that too, um, which they're both pretty much – it's pretty much like head coach, assistant coach right there of the whole team. Um, I think they talk to them, and they and they tell them the odds and the ends and the, the pluses and minuses uh, of really what they're going to get out of it. Because you think about a guy that's going to get thir- uh, drafted in the third or fourth round, maybe slip to the fifth, what you're going to lose out from going the next year in the first or second, you're going to miss out on millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be – what, signing bonuses of first and second round guys are probably – I think they're probably 13 mil or something Good like that. Good God. Well, and, and then you get third round, then you go to, what, maybe a million. And then don't guys – Maybe a million. Don't guys that, like, don't declare, they come back, and they can take insurance out? Yeah, so, yeah, if you, if you do that process of uh, whether you're going to leave or not, you can also take insurance out in your body. And uh, you can take it out in the next year for yourself, or even the bowl game. You can take it out. So you pay what I don't know, probably ten grand, I think, for a couple mil of of coverage in case you do like tear your ACL or stuff like that, and you don't fully recover. But it's really hard to get that money. I think there's been maybe a couple guys out of the whole whole NCA that have actually recovered that money just because they want to keep their money, and they say, oh no, you can play, you're still fine. Yeah, because their money's just for if you can't play like you were supposed to be able to play, which. I think they can get kind of screw I, with that. I've seen a lot of that in the bowl game because we are just coming out of bowl game season, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of the the guys that were didn't play in the bowl games. You know, a lot of well, that's you know, uh, Fant, who's a Denver Bronco with Josie. Uh, he was one of two 
tight ends drafted in the first round from you know it was the first time ever in college football history that two tight ends <laughs> came from a single college and that was the Iowa Hawkeyes. Anyway, okay, so Good drop right there. But Hawkinson played, but Fant didn't, which I, I think that speaks volumes. I think he, I think that goes back to the probably the camaraderie thing. Yeah. Do you think Hawkinson probably had more? I mean, I don't know. I'm he just didn't want to let his people down. He worked all year with. Well, yeah, and and and, and Epinesa played. Worse played. You know, and it was the Holiday Bowl, which is a good bowl, but it's not, you know, the Rose Bowl. It's yeah. not the uh, which El we Paso, won't talk about. The El oh, God, Have you I talked to Christian to... McCaffrey? No, I haven't talked to him. I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh, yeah, I know, I don't even want to. It was, it was the Christian McCaffrey alone. The Hawks in what twenty fifteen played in the Rose Bowl, yeah. and Christian McCaffrey alone beat the shit. Out of my boys. Within the first like three minutes. Well, the first play of the game, he scored. Oh, he's, he's still doing that. That's the that's the problem yeah. too. He's catching. I mean, he's a he's receiver a, pretty much out of the backfield. Yeah, this wasn't a fluke. Christian yeah, McCaffrey no, should have won. We had safeties. Well, we had safeties covering him, and the safeties couldn't cover him that day. So and you almost went know it's there. Bad. It was. Uh, he is scary good. He four. He set a Rose Bowl record for all-purpose yards. Well, he had over 400 yards. By himself. I remember the game because Some Reno bitch. Reno Rosser, who is a huge Denver Broncos fan. Yeah. And uh, is a stock contractor friend of ours out of California. California. Good friend of great friend of mine in Ham Bones. His cousin, Nick uh Copina. No, uh you could print Max Yuka no not Max is his brother or cousin. Yeah, Nick, Nick Yucaprina or whatever. Yucaprina Yucrop- was the kicker for Stanford. Oh. So he told Hambone, he goes, Hey, I'm thinking about going to the, the ball game since I was coming. Why don't you come out to California? He could have got and, me uh, tickets and I'll all that stuff. But I would have been sitting in Stanford. That's, yeah, no, section. not worth it then. And I was this close to pulling the trigger on like a twelve hundred dollar plane ticket. Oh uh, it was gonna be spinny. Like I was going to go because I my, wasn't my worth, wasn't worth it for that and, one. After the first play of the game, I'm, or after the first quarter, I'm like, "Oh, it was the first play too. It was yeah. an angle route on our safety, and then he went and scored." Uh, yeah, that was but tough. That, we that, had a, that Christian happens. McCaffrey, like, there's damn just, you! There's just in college football, really is. Well, they we you just the Hawks had went undefeated, lost by an inch. I'll tell you what it was. It was the last game of the year. It was the well, it was the Big Ten championship yeah, game that Michigan really screwed State. us over. I think. You could tell on the team after that game, everybody was just like, man, screw this. Not like that they didn't want to play, but it was like we should have won that game. It was the last play of the game. The guy scored the touchdown on that what little stretch play. Little, so I mean, everybody he was, rolled, everybody was still he rolled through about three tack. He just kept rolling yeah. and somehow reached the ball over and scored. Uh, that took – because they were uh, – the Hawks were undefeated until then. And so they would have won. They would have went to the college football playoff. Probably played Alabama. That would yeah, have been ooh. fun. Uh, but, I think it would have been ooh. a little different, though, because we would have been a little bit higher on ourselves. We Absolutely. Were, it was crazy how bad people were down on themselves that, after that game. And I didn't expect it either. Hey, Josie, I was pretty, pretty down, team. too. So yeah. on those bowl <laughs> games, <laughs> I like, yeah. <laughs> besides Poo-poo. just the playing, like there's all that stuff around bowl games. So when you got a bunch of college kids like that you know, go into the bowl, bowl game, they load you guys up. Like it's, I know it's extremely organized, but like is that – this might be a dumb question, but I don't give a shit. Is it <laughs> is it a totally different feel from a normal road game? Like, yeah, for sure. Because you're staying. Well, we stay at the place for like a week, and I think I don't know what other teams do. I don't know if they stay. I think a little less, maybe, is what I heard. But um, it's weird. I mean, you're gonna go there for the week. You get there the first couple of days. You're kind of just screwing around a little bit, doing some fun activities. I mean, I think one of the times we went to like Bush Gardens or whatever. I don't know where that was, um, and had a little fun. But you also got to watch out because you can have too much fun and it. it'll take a little bit of energy out of you. And I've talked to some other teammates now that are on the Broncos that 
they went to a bad bowl, they'd be just drunk the whole time. And, they, uh, they seriously? Okay. 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 But that's, that's good I mean, shit. that's All in the right. afternoon, and then you have maybe yes. practice next morning. But I, we never did that, and we never did it maybe until we won the game, and then we would do it. But uh, Now we're talking. Some, some of the younger guys, maybe the redshirt guys that don't play, they know they're not going to play, and you might just be getting screwed up because you know you're not going to do anything. Do they have to bring their own booze? Because if you come in on a team bus, how are you going to run to the 7-Eleven to get you some beer? I don't know. You find you find ways. Is there, is there a like certain anything. coach like – well, you know, yeah, no, yeah. not for us. There <laughs> no, wasn't. well, not everybody's under age. You know, a lot of guys are 22, I know, 23. But still, I mean, if you're in a hotel, how are you going to? Well, you go down to the 7 Eleven and get you a sixer, man. Get sixer? you, you know, a four pack of, of, of Behringer White Zen like I've, you. And, I haven't got and drunk rodeo. off a six pack since I was nine years old. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to, speaking of getting drunk, we're going to take a gold buckle beer break. And then uh, when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit more of this. Uh, Fun uh, little shenanigans talking about what really goes on. Real shit. In the locker room and on the bottom of a fumble pile. So we'll be right back with the outlaw Josie Jewell, number 47 for the Denver Broncos. And when we're gone from here, what our friends will be drinking all the beer. Everybody sing. In heaven there is no beer. That's why. college football i know it only officially has been over not very long but this right here if you don't know this is the iowa fight song people i didn't know that but in studio the great one of the greatest hawkeyes of all time josie jewel linebacker rancher hunter fisherman all around pretty cool cat would you would you say uh, outlaw enthusiast? There you go. Yeah, maybe that should be like a company or something. Huh? I, yeah, that that ain't bad. Outlaw. Is it? I had my own company for a while, outlaw, for a little bit. Outlaw worldwide, worldwide. <laughs> if you need a bodyguard, I, me and Hambone would do it. So true story. Um, t- tell about Bandy's team. Oh yeah, um, his boy Bandy. We had to pick the name for their baseball team, mm. and we went with the. Colors yellow and black, and they were the outlaws. There you go. That works well. Yeah. <laughs> that was all him, too. That's I was clean. like, that'd be a cool name. I was actually going to send you guys a picture, but, you know, turns out five and under T ball is not just terribly exciting. <laughs> um, Turn you are off, you though. that dad? No, I'm I'm the dad, like, uh, that like, just. Get your elbow up, Bandy. No, because here's the deal. I don't know shit about baseball. Like, I'm. I yeah, love sports. If there was their five and under beer drinking, you'd be in there. They they sell beer in, in Punk City. There. <laughs> Sounds they, like a good time. I hope that. they do in Parker County, it's, Texas. With it's Gus a weird deal. Them. Like I love sports. Like I love college football, and <laughs> college basketball, and I really like. I've really liked watching the Kansas City Chiefs. I know you don't say that in Denver, but like that Patrick Mahomes and those guys, they're fun to watch. They're, yeah, they're a fun they're team. But like as much as I like it, I'm not like a diehard like you. Like if it's on, I'll be like, hey, cool. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. Like. Um, so it takes a, a lot out of a person. Like a, I really have to back off. To be a sports like, dad is going to be a little rough. I'm like, this is a little much. I don't. I, I Facetimed him after Iowa beat Minnesota. Minnesota was uh, undefeated. Yeah, the Gold Gophers. I Facetimed him. He that. was in Minneapolis because yeah. they played the Vikings the next day, and uh, which he had a touchdown. 
Or just fumble recovery. recovery. Fumble recovery. recovery. That was it. Anyway, after that game, I wanted to run up to the Minnesota coach and take his tie off. Oh, Because like, he wears PJ that little Fleck. weird tie. Yeah, not a lot of people like him from Row the boat. Nobody likes Minnesota. I tweeted something like that after the game and got just – got a lot of Hawk fans talking, which was good. But they had those Minnesota people. Oof, they were going at it. Really? They were going at it between each other. They weren't really shitting on <laughs> Getting me you into much. it. I was so, just watching. It was, it was a good you time. You just so, trolled them. So speaking of uh, going at it uh, – What's a, what's a locker room like? College, you know, uh, NFL, you know, is it guys? Because my the only time that I was in anything uh, similar, we uh, were buddies with Todd Helton, who played here for the Rockies for like seventeen seasons. And number seventeen. Yeah, we were uh, at Cave Creek, Arizona, and that's where their training camp was there mm-hmm. outside of Phoenix. And so we all went down and uh, went to the game, and then he like texted us, and he's like, "Hey, come down to the." to the locker room basically but it's you know there's every division of the rockies organization is there so he played like two innings and then he went to the locker room he was done so we went down there and there was like jason giambi walks by me in like this towel you know and he's just like just hanging out was his dog hanging pretty out pretty much of it? And i'm like usually what happens hey giambi oh so it is true what they stare say about <laughs> steroids okay hey giambi you're dragging your bat wait <laughs> No, Shit. he was on did a lot of steroids. So. Yeah, so it's oh, opposite. So. <laughs> so it's like you, Hambone. <laughs> yep. Well, that's why I'm on steroids. So what's it? I mean, you know, you play with guys like Vaughn Miller and stuff like that. You're like, oh, you know, is it ever just? Do you like run around and snap each other's towels and stuff? <laughs> no. that, that happened a little bit maybe early on, but then uh, I think it kind of went away. It's different. I mean, college is way different than uh, a locker room in the NFL. Uh, first of all, you have media that walks in whenever they want during a certain period of time, I guess. You get like an hour period where the media can just walk in while we're showering in the NFL. It's, I mean, it's the weirdest Any thing hot ever. chicks? Yeah, see, that's a terrible thing. I mean, it's, it's crazy because I was like, okay, I – just kind of expected guys, and it yeah. wasn't like a, a bad thing. That's why I expected. I just expected it because it's kind of like a norm that oh, maybe they would only come in. There was a bunch of girls that came with. I'm like, oh, I don't feel very comfortable. But then a guy told me to be quiet because he said that'd be uh, sexist. I think because he said. yeah, a guy I, got in trouble for saying a comment, and then but the but it was somebody else who ra- I I can't remember the tr- whole story. But the gal, she was like, it's not a big deal. I'm in a locker room full of guys. It's they just got done playing a football game. The testosterone be pumping. You know, so what, it's yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't want. I mean, I'm not sexist or anything, but it's just. Uh, well, it's it just makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Un- well, yeah. Naked, <laughs> undressed in front of you know. You, here's women going. Yeah. So Josie, tell me about that interception. Well, <laughs> let me dry my sack first. You know what I would do? I would tuck it back, like and do the 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 walkout. <laughs> And I would not have a towel on, and then we look at me go, "Oh my God, what happened?" And then I, you know, you could play. Uh, uh, we could jam this out. Oh yeah, oh, from God. Silence I of could, the Lambs when he does the tuck back. Hello. Do you think I'm sexy? Hello, reporters. Would you f me? I would f me. Oh, that movie's terrible. And then he goes dancing, and he. And then, but. You guys need to get a video of this stuff. <laughs> you derailed. Is this what it's like in a locker room? Like, do they? they no, like, it's it's Vaughn playing uh, a lot of rap music. Actually, a little country. Crank it up? Little country. Little country. A little bit of country. Yeah, he cranks it up. He has a, uh, a stereo system that's like it's not very big. It's maybe the size of. It's probably thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's not that big, but it uh, it it pumps for sure. And it's usually either rap or it's uh, a little bit of country uh, since yeah, he's from he, Texas. Yeah, he wears cowboy hat. Yeah, an A and M boy. He's, he's, he's country but like, for sure. In college football, would you say like that 
it's more of like a camaraderie where in the NFL it's kind of like it's a job where everybody like the defense guys kind of do the defense stuff where oh yeah for sure I mean I don't just just as an outsider like when I see college football players it's more like family when the NFL looks like okay your job is you know you're a defensive tackle that's your job you know go do your job I don't know is that that's... well you got everybody in the NFL's here I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, tell me what you think about what it. I, what I, it's like in the NFL, everybody's professional. You know, at, at Iowa, there's guys that are walk-ons that'll never see the field. You know what I mean? Yep. They're just so it's you know it's a, I would say it's a little bit different. It is a little different. I mean, there's just it's weird. Like you said, camaraderies for sure on uh, on the college side, you get a lot more of that. But there's also it's quite a bit um, because you spend so much time with each other for uh, the NFL too. I mean, you, you think about it, you were spending during camp, you got, it's the same thing for both, but uh, really I think camp was a little bit longer for us this year than it was in college a couple of times, but you just spend a lot of time with each other, especially the defensive guys. I'd say this though, more camaraderie with uh, the college team, offense to defense. I talked to, I talked to more offensive guys back then than I do now. Really? Now I don't talk to a lot of the offensive guys because when do own. I – when do I interact with them? The only time I interact with them is if I'm tackling one of them or hitting one of them. I'm not talking to them in meetings and uh, like defensive meetings or position meetings with linebackers. So you don't really talk to them otherwise. How many meetings like do you guys go to a week in the NFL? Like for your oh, shoot, it, like on the week where you're playing on a Sunday, it's Monday. Yeah, it depends. So we've had two different years because we had two different head coaches. So one of the times we had a Monday off, and this time we had. At, uh, just depends. The Tuesdays off, um, so uh, depending on that, you know, uh, one of the days we'll just say you get Monday off. You come back in on Tuesday, and uh, and then you have uh, meetings early on in the morning at like eight o'clock or so, and you, you're in there for an hour and a half. Um, then you get a little break, uh, and then you go back in and watch the rest of film <clears throat> for about an hour, and then then you go work out or, or lift or something like that. So. It's not that long in those days, but then the rest of the days, I mean, you're in film um, probably about three hours a day, uh, well, depending on the on the position. I know at Fairfield uh, Middle School, when I first started <laughs> playing football, um, one of my favorite coaches of all time, Ernie Spore, he was he was a great, great coach. You know Ernie Spore? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, he, what I'm saying, he, he, was, a, he was a hard ass. Sounds like, like a great guy, though. He... He, everybody was scared to death of him because we we're all pretty sure he would kill you, and he dipped skull, and you know he was he was a hard ass, but he's cool. He's like he's old school football coach. He was a great coach, but when we did film, we always hated film day because he would just we'd watch the film back and then he'd point out and tell us how stupid we all were for not doing a good job. Like because that's what I hated about film because during the game you can let some shit slide. Oh yeah. But now when you go to look somebody's at the film, always watching. Well now they've got like. Back then, you're probably like our high school VHS that had one camera and one kid that was usually a freshman in the AV club that had to sit up there and just go back in and the forth. homemade in the homemade in, like uh, little shelter above. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sydney, it's so bad there. They, their bleachers got condemned, so now <laughs> they've got some. We we got to get some hometown pride stuff going. We 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 should jump that up. We should do a fundraiser. You're a part of City Hometown Pride. We should do. A Josie, fundraiser. do you want to donate to City Hometown? Pride? Yeah, if I make a second contract, I'll definitely do. All that. right, okay, okay. All right, we're holding it. You heard it, Rump no, Chat recorded. Nation. Recorded. No, sure. Recorded. Now, um, so okay, going back to what you were saying, we kind of got into it before break. Was uh, you know going out, maybe getting a little, 
getting a little party on. So what was it like after a regular game, say, you know, back in Iowa City? Because Iowa City, um, Barstool Sports had it as a top 10 party school really? in the country. Um, Playboys had it as the best uh, party school in the country and when they used to do that. I don't think they do it anymore, but uh, Iowa I let my subscription at, lapse. Wow. How's, so how's that? I wonder how that's uh, really. How do, how do they keep track of that? By tickets given out, probably. <laughs> probably because yeah, there's probably quite a. Like to give them out. Uh, raise your hand if you had a minor in possession. I'm not raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Uh, so um, yeah, what was it like? So say you know you had a good win, and you know because Big Ten a lot of eleven o'clock games. Yeah. You guys are out probably by five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about right. You know, and you, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, usually it was, uh, yeah. So most of them were eleven o'clock games, um, and then after that, we usually go back to our house where we had I had three different other roommates, and then we were connected to the backside, and we were connected to the another teammate's house, which uh, was another three. Uh, what was it? Three teammates on the front side. So then after the game, either we'd, uh, you know, go out with your family and eat somewhere uh, or you'd go and you'd just kind of come back to the house and relax and uh, make some food there and probably start drinking there. Uh, So a lot of a lot of my other guys, a lot of the teammates and and my roommates would go back to the house um, and they would just start drinking usually and uh, watch probably watch something else on TV, watch watch another college game. Did you just watch another game? Just talk shit. You ever do that? No, not a lot. So (laughs) like, I mean, a lot of guys, you know being smart and just staying at the house obviously did you i mean was there ever any or was there well, i mean no, it, you're, i'm you're, just saying the start of it was starting at the house okay there no, you no, go no, i'm not okay, saying that was okay, the whole sorry night to many interrupt I'm no we, like just, <laughs> we just started <laughs> we just started at the house and yeah, i mean you'd be there till about eight nine maybe ten sometimes and then uh and you'd probably get a bunch of your teammates and everybody be texting which house would be the best or who's at which house um or if which you need to go downtown where, yeah which, which, the which i was never into it bra- braiders are the what? The five jamma braiders. He's not getting it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you you lost me there, bud. Sorry. Anyway, you, you, you'd find a house to go to, and then after that, we'd go downtown <laughs> until midnight or one or whatever. The bars. And then, and then the bar people, scene in Iowa City. It's not that bad. It's pretty awesome. What's the What's the best Iowa Hawkeyes party bar? Oh my goodness! I you know what I couldn't tell you. I, we went to I, Spoko a lot. Yeah, Spoko what was is, a big one. Sports column. They have. I think they went. I think they have one out here. Really? Yeah, I think it's an Iowa bar. Out an here. Iowa bar? Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure. That's what's they cool. Do. You can go to, you can look up on the alumni association website and go to like, we did it in Vegas. We we went to an Iowa bar, really? and it's like all the local people who are Iowa fans go to that place. And a lot of colleges do that. But anyway, back to the important thing. So, um, you weren't you? Well, you and your wife were together for most of, you since high school. Pretty since much. high school, yeah. So you didn't. Cool. You probably not the best to talk, but I mean, no. What else did you see? Other guys? I mean, was it just chicks? Like, if you were, uh, you know, uh, back when you were playing, you know, uh, when you were C.J. Bethard, who you know was a quarterback, or Kanziri was the running, you know, the running back, and he was kicking some ass. You know, those guys. I mean, was it? Yeah. Was it just? Did you see some? I mean, did chicks just fall all over? They them? flock to, yeah, really, you, they do. Uh, especially like quarterbacks and stuff like that, or running backs. Well, CJ's you, wife's hot too. Yeah, she's good looking. <laughs> but if you raise your hand and if you uh, if you're a starter and you're a quarterback or one of the big positions, uh, I mean, they'll come running from every direction. You can kind of see that. Did uh, O line ever get any action? <laughs> I think that was more. Uh, you go back, go back to the house and maybe you text somebody that you're feeling sad. <laughs> yeah, the o, the O line guys are the guys out. 
you know, carrying the keg in. Yeah. And like, oh, no, they were the and, workers. And throwing people against the wall or picking people up. Like, get out of our way, you know. But I could just see it. Like, I loved it when the, the Kansas City Chiefs got it scored and he took those guys' Budweiser. Oh, I saw and that. stone cold smashed them together. That. that was pretty obvious. Did he odd, get fined for and, that? And Romo. Probably and the, be- the best thing was Romo goes, that was that's totally O-lineman right there and yeah. to a T. Oh, <laughs> he kept the stereotype perfect. Yeah. I mean, so, oh, man. I mean, I can't imagine being – because – you know they're covered. You know you, you you they're everywhere. You're on ESPN when you know, especially when you're uh, having a great season, and you're all over uh, national media. And then, but you may sit next to the guy at class, or you're at a party, and they're like, oh my god, there's you know, well, I don't know though because there's T.J. Hawkinson or there, you know, if you got a number one guy, Josie like, Chua, they don't see your face a lot though too. So that's the, the true thing on, so. because you can walk right through here. In, in nobody, you, nobody know because nobody you, know. you you know you got a helmet on. But basketball players and baseball and stuff like that, you're gonna know them. I mean, you see their face all the time and stuff like that. But us, you're behind you're behind a face mask and stuff like that. So it's hard to it's hard to know who they are all the time. Those chicks do the research, don't they? Yeah, some of them mm-hmm. do. I want to watch out. <laughs> Wonder where they're at. I'll trap you. Was your wife ever just like standing around you like? Back off, whores. <laughs> we have. We never got in that scenario, luckily. Yeah, but, thank God. Uh, we usually go together. And- we have a saying for. Um, Ladies who flock to cowboys, they're called rodeo whores or buckle bunnies. Buckle bunnies. <laughs> I like the buckle bunnies. Is there <laughs> is there like a term that. for buckle bunny in football? Uh, it's just jersey, jersey, chaser. jersey chaser. Yeah, that's the only jersey one chaser. I know. Yeah, and there was there's quite a bit of them everywhere. I mean, I think wherever you go, even if you have a bad football team, there's probably going to be them there. Backfield in motion. I think I'm going to penalize you. <laughs> was there was there any on the? Uh, on the Oklahoma, wherever you, Panhandle State, not Panhandle, but Northwest, uh, Oklahoma. Northwest Oklahoma State University, was there any uh, Jersey Chasers and the rodeo team for nope. you, Rump? There wasn't. <laughs> I was not that cool. That's terrible. You know, I, well, there I, wasn't for the radio people at Iowa Western Community College either. I'll tell you that much. There's not right a lot now. of girls going. Man, did you see Justin Rumford today? His sweats are looking awfully nice. Well, I wore sweats back then. That's what I've always said, and I've said it on the show before. It's that way with rodeo right now. You know, if you're Stetson Wright, who, I mean, has, has a wife and everything, but it doesn't stop, like football guy, they don't yeah. stop a lot of girls. And, um, you know, but no, none of those girls are going, mm, these tunes are so badass. I want to go make out with this oh sound guy. God. Is he playing back in black? But I wonder how many Give me my of the difference between the rodeo, oh God, the difference between the rodeo and the football thing, I think would be this. If you're um, a buckle bunny, you're just kind of looking for a good time. But I think a lot of those those young college girls that are seeing these first round yeah. 14 no, million, they're going to go to the NFL, yeah, $14 the million sign, dollar sign like on, it. they're sitting over there going, I think I just fell in love. <laughs> you can definitely see on the guy which guys get those girls too. It's kind of funny to watch it, um, but there's there's oh, definitely multiple. No. You can see it, and the, the guys don't even really know. I don't think sometimes. Like, wow. Do you think that like, you know they try and like get pregnant and stuff like trap them? I think that's happened multiple times for sure. I guarantee you. Well, it'd be hard not to think if. And then how about those guys that end up being draft busts, and then they're broke, oh. and that girl is like. So you ain't getting the money anymore. No. No. Wait, it's not going to work out. You went from $10,000 a month child support to $100 a month. <laughs> but, you know, seriously, think about this. Here's Ryan a, Leaf. Here's a scenario. Oh, God. Scenario is this. There's a young gal, and I'm just going to just for just, talk. Just, yeah, we're just talking. Abbeville, Kansas. Abbeville. You know, dad's a farmer. They grew up poor. I mean, she's she's got like a Toyota Celica and dresses halfway decent. 
but you know, not just a lot of buttload of money. Like and she goes to a big college <laughs> because her parents have worked their tails off to send her to a good college. And she gets there, and even though the quarterback's not terribly smart or good looking, he's going to go in the first round. She's going to be more attracted to that guy than the good-hearted, nice rodeo clown at the on the rodeo team at the same college. Oh. You know, like then she's a crummy bitch. Well, I don't know about crummy, but I Cause, mean, because I, I mean, look obviously, at Whitney, Whitney could have got way more cool yeah. cats than me. Actually, more before successful. Your, before I was wondering wedding, about the same thing when exactly. I was looking at profiles. Like, Whoa, exactly, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm that telling up? you. <laughs> It's like she did. It's like Hambo's wife did something <laughs> wrong in the past. No steroids. I think in her past life she was like a really, really like a murderer or something. Yeah. And then now she's like getting. Like my next life, I'm coming back as a trip and steer. Probably I'll get punished that much. Probably. Oh. But back to the. <laughs> back to the, the the college football thing, but like I I wish I could. You know I've never been to a D1 football game. Never. It is next year, let's go. The greatest experience you know and i i uh, my father-in-law has got season tickets to tcu which is great and everything nice. but it's nothing compared tcu games are um oh you know steven jr sitting over there in section 110 let's go have a zinfandel after that you know but you and wear they're a, all wearing their stonewashed jeans brown boots and you and wear a, and i wear my iowa shit no, you but I'll wear a TCU. I wear a TCU cap. That's well, all right. I will. Oh, That's no, all right. Uh, trust me, nobody's questioning my loyal loyalty. Um, I'm just saying. So what I'm saying is, and it's like fifty five thousand seats. You know, it's a nice stadium, and it's a cool experience. It doesn't matter. It's D one. It's cool. So, but it's nothing. The first time I walked in to Kinnick Stadium, which I've been a lifelong fan, wasn't. Uh, it was like two thousand. What was it? Fourteen. I think Melvin Gordon was playing for uh, uh, for Wisconsin. Yeah, makes sense. And he did damage, but it was a really good. Barely lost to him, and they were good that yeah, year. Yeah, we lost by like three or something like that. But uh, you know, when I walked up, and we were halfway up on the opposite side of the press box, so we were like sixty rows up, but it was like perfect seats. That's not bad. That's pretty because you could see everything develop from up there. But I walked out in the concourse. Whitney recorded it. It's I just, it's the most mad, especially when you grew up. And you finally get to go at age 34, 30, no, I'm sorry, 32. It was unbelievable. And just the band and the atmosphere and the tailgating. Well, you cannot that's beat why the it's, atmosphere I, I mean, college I, I, college football is a better atmosphere than pro, I think. Yeah. For, and my, I've been to both, but uh, I don't know. It's, it is unreal. It was, yeah. there's, a, there's a big difference, I guess. There's, I mean, think about one of them's a lot of money. Um, people are getting paid a lot of money, and the other one's, you know, you're doing it because you love it. And it's passion. And, and especially in Iowa where we have no sports teams. No, that's You know, i got three D1 got. schools. Yep. But that are we have no well. pro sports teams. And so, um, I mean, it's 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 big time. Yeah. You know, you were talking about uh, – we were kind of talking about Nebraska because we were watching some highlights uh, when you came into the, to the rig here. Um, and you, there's a – when you picked off Could, a Nebraska yeah. pass. And how good is it to beat Nebraska – how good does that feel? Feels pretty good. I mean, you're the rival with uh, with the you know the state border and everything, 
and their fans are probably the craziest out of any of their fans we play. They always think they're the best. Um, they always talk about their national championships, mm-hmm. which were what? In, were they in 1960, I think, or something like that? Well, the <laughs> mid-90s, but yeah, it's been you know way long It was like ago. the 1800s. Um, <laughs> Might as well be. Yes! It's amazing. Um, they yeah. went from firing coaches for winning nine games to giving a guy an extension talk, for winning seven games in two seasons. Frost, talk frost, to frost warning. Talk to one of the coaches, or one of the players that used to play for him about that. And they're just all amazed because they all expect 10 win, 11 win seasons. Like nine wins pretty dang good. You might as well take those and then maybe get up to 11 instead of taking maybe in the shambles ever since they fired him, which is crazy. Yeah. But uh, so what, who was the worst team to like, who was the nastiest team that you played against? Like they would get you down or like talk you'd be shit. A, you'd be in a uh, pile and they grab your ball sack when you're. Does that happen? Oh, yeah. That guy's well, poking and. Yeah. So what, that was, that's funny because the. The play against Nebraska where I picked it off there, and then one of the O-linemen tried to strip it from me. But as he was trying to do that, he also had one down, uh, one hand down on my ball sack and was and really trying to go out of town. So I don't oh, know what he was doing. Typical Husker. <laughs> but uh, that I was going on, and I was, like, I was screaming. Uh, I was so pissed. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? And tried to get the ref to freaking see it, but he didn't even see nothing, and, uh, and the guy got away with it. But also there was some shit talking uh, the year before with Nebraska – I think he he called. Uh, it was a white alignment. He called one of the um, one of our defensive linemen the N word, and it was probably the craziest thing I've ever heard on a football field. I was like, "What are you doing?" Probably the stupidest thing ever. Because I mean, you got his team. You got a bunch of black guys too. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. You don't say. That. I mean, no matter what, you just don't say it. But it was just one of the dumbest things I think I've ever seen ever. Did he get his ass kicked? No, I mean, yeah, the rest of the game. Did they but get zero? Well, yeah. They, they got beat that game, but also I, I don't know what happened to him. You wonder what happens with the coaches and, and who talks about it after that. But there's some stupid shit definitely told, talked about and said on the field um, when people can't control their anger and their aggression. But that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard, probably one of the guys play. What is, what's, like, the worst thing that's ever been said to you? Like, you don't shit yeah, talk, Yeah, bumble, we have a little yeah, there hasn't, no, little hick no, or something no, like that. No, nobody knows that really too much about me, so they don't, I don't know they don't. what they say. They just say when white boy or something you're like mysterious. that sometimes. Well, um, what, what, uh, what's the worst, what's the worst stadium to play in? The worst stadium? Like, the hardest stadium to play in, or like, well, yeah, yeah, know, yeah I'll go the, both, I'll go both. Yeah. I, Northwestern has the worst stadium it by far. It is awful, isn't it's it? It's like you're playing in high school, and maybe even worse, they can't even fill up, so they tarp half the, uh, half the... The seats and stuff like that, it's just it's a terrible environment. You don't even want to watch it. You usually have more Hawk fans there than you do yeah. Northwestern fans. I think that goes for every school that plays them there. No matter if they're a D2 or D3 <laughs> exactly. school, they probably have more. It doesn't matter if it's Luther. Uh, yeah, Luther College <laughs> would probably bring more people to the stadium. That's It's just dumb. Um, the hardest, the one I liked the most was probably – and I never went to the big house. I never went to Ohio State, the horseshoe, which was unfortunate because I wanted to go to there. But yeah. Wisconsin and Nebraska both uh, – were probably the best ones to play in besides our own was definitely the best. But they just – the fans are on top of you. Jump around when you're at Wisconsin. Yeah, that, Camp Randall is awesome. I got a lot of respect for Wisconsin's program. I oh, think, yeah. you know, Barry Alvarez got his start with Hayden. Yeah. Did you ever get to meet Coach Fry? Uh, I think he talked in front of us about once, and it wasn't very long. But uh, we got to, like, shake his hand after that. So right. nothing too in, intriguing or, uh, yeah. you know, long-winded, which I wish it would have been. But. Yeah, because, I mean, shoot, he would have been in late 80s by the, time, yeah, he was, by the time you were in there anyway. Yeah, he so. was older, so he was. Coach Fry was a legendary coach, coached for 20-some years at Iowa. Like, his 1983 staff had five of the winningest coaches in their program. Damn. Oklahoma, Bob Stutes, Kansas State, uh, Bill Snyder, hmm. Iowa State, Dan McCarney, Iowa, Kirk Ferentz, and Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez. Yeah, the All those coaches the were cool to see. on one. So he was uh, 
anyway, really cool guy. Sorry, a little side note there. But, yeah, um, I mean, I've been in a, I've actually been to more Nebraska games because I grew up on that side of the state. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, right there. Yeah, I had so many friends. Everybody over there is Nebraska fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to an Iowa-Nebraska game there. Um, I've been to, you know, which is – it's impressive, 90-some thousand people. It's yeah. a It's mm-hmm. a – yeah, it's a pretty it's pretty awesome. The best part about it is if you don't let them release the balloons for you know a full half or so something no, like that. That's the best. <laughs> and then they don't even release them after that. They're just all like pissed off, so they probably pop them and shit. Yeah, but it's got to be so great when you beat Nebraska at Nebraska. Oh, that's fun! And then you throw up like the what's the the old crossbones? What they used oh, to have? Oh yeah, they black throw shirts. their yeah, yeah the black, black shirts. shirts. We we had a couple guys from Nebraska. Nathan Budget was Budgeta. one of them. Drew uh, Drew Ott. Drew Ott was one of them. I saw uh, Drew Ott walking through the parking lot. You should talk. Nor- you should have him on the show. You'd get a ride out of that dude. Man, it is so heartbreaking. Talking about your injury, we were talking. You were telling about your injury. So Drew Ott was going to be probably within you know second third rounder. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. He was a great defensive end. Screws up his elbow so bad, they won't give him a re- medical red shirt, and just never really fully recovers and goes away. That was terrible. I mean, he would have been a great player in the NFL, too. He was a uh, – He had a couple of trials and shit. Now he's like just back too. farming in Nebraska. Yeah, he is. I was I was talking to him the other day. God, he's funny. Uh, he had some long ass there the last time I talked to him, too. I think he cut it. But he's uh, he's definitely a fun guy. But they love beating their own their home state. Um, yeah, I remember Budget came off the, yeah. the field and was doing the crossbones after, like, the final play. They stopped Nebraska. Game over. Sorry, we're talking about Nebraska a lot. But a couple of Iowa oh. boys that just um, – Oh, now Rumpert's showing – Josie, his knee. Um, it's a lot of holes. Yeah, that's a, you know, a lot of yeah. swelling. Or maybe your leg just Most looks holes like that all the time. you've ever seen. No, well, it's always swelling. <laughs> but, you know, the, that's where college – or all football, rodeo's the same. Like, you don't know how much time you got, you know. Not, that's for sure. Not like a death or anything, but – Well, if you don't perform, you're done. Yeah, it, no, that's, that's for sure. Once totally performance-based. Yeah, you get your opportunity and you can't capitalize on it. You're not going to get There's just a few more zeros on y'all's paychecks than there is our guys. I remember when I got drafted to be a rodeo clown, it did not come with a $13.4 million. <laughs> I wish mine came with that too, though. It came with $13.4, $13.40 from a million serving. Better than zero, isn't it? Uh, well, all right. Well, we're going to take one more break because I really got a tinkle. Yeah, PP. Ray Finkel. We'll be right back. Ray Finkel, football player. Hey. Josie's a country fan. This is Hayes Carl. This is one of the greatest written. Let's listen to the front few lyrics. I got a woman, she's wild as wrong. She likes to lay naked and be kissed upon. Uh, it's going to tie into our next <laughs> segment here. Means, means she's psycho. Hold on. This next line might be the greatest line ever written. No, not this. This is typical Tuesday for me and Whitney. Wow. 
wine bottles, especially wine well, bottles. She laughs for a minute about the shape which Whitney does to me. Right here. Says you be the center, honey, I'll be the sin. You be the center, honey, I'll be the sin. God. Some mescaline. She brings me roses and a place to Drugs. God, I love that song. Get into some Hayes Carl. That ain't bad. All right, I'm listening. Way back home, probably. He's a he's a a, Hayes Carl, huh? Hayes Carl. He's a great songwriter like that. I mean, those lyrics right there are killer. Sorry. Side note: We were talking a little music. Pretty good. Uh, Josie. Said he likes Florida Georgia Line and oh wow, <laughs> throw me under the beat bus the like shit that. Out of him. Sorry about that bruise on your face. Yeah, he did. He totally got a bruise. <laughs> so um, yeah, speaking of drugs, um, so you, I mean, you know, you watch those old movies like that old movie. What was that old movie with the Dallas Cowboys? You know, where they're just like smoking cigarettes and it's drinking got beer. Dallas. And Dallas Cowboys, that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or the, or the, or the oh. Bears in the '80s. You know, you heard all those. Obviously, it's you know, it's kind of like rodeo. We we hit on this on the last episode. Yeah. You know how the bullfighters back in the day used to, you know, you, it was a lot more wide open than it was is it? now. You know, yeah. now they work out and, but was and it a, which is great. And we're not saying anything yeah. bad about either thing, and we're just saying how it's changed. And I'm sure the locker rooms may not have been as much it was like maybe it was. I don't know. Neither nobody was in their locker rooms that we know. To tell us what really happened, but what's it like now? You know, I mean, do guys not really in the locker room, but like, I guess, do you guys get drug tested? Correct. Yeah, well, I mean, we get drug tested, so it's depends on what it is. It can be PED test, which is just performance enhancing drugs, or it can be uh, substance abuse, which would be you know your normal cocaine. weed and stuff like that. All that, cocaine. all the good stuff. Um, Try some of this cocaine, James. You don't want none of this cocaine. <laughs> Stay out of here. Is that is Von Miller in the bathroom? You don't want none of this, Josie. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> I think I need a little bit of it. No, we get tested usually uh, the first week or the first, I should say, month of when we come back for camp, and then between the the first day of camp, between that and then the first game that we have, regular season game that we have. So everybody knows when they're going to get tested, um, and that's for substance abuse. So for mostly just weed and. Uh, that's when we'll get tested for that, and then if you get caught with uh, either dilute or um, if you have some in your pee, then you're on the system, and you're in the system, which then they can drug test you for, I think it's like six months, and they can drug test you up to like four times a week. So what happened is kind of crazy. I got caught with that dilute one time, and the whole story was... What's dilute? It just means you have too much water in your pee, and so they, think trying they, to they think you're trying out. to... Yeah, they think you're trying to get something out which was a story of mine, which was stupid. And the guy that drug tested me, I still don't like him very much. Um, he told me early on, I was, it was, it was actually my first yeah, my first year playing. And I didn't know what was going on with the drug test and stuff like that. So I came and I was like, okay, can I pee now? He's like, no, you have to have like photo ID and stuff like that. I didn't have it with me. So I had to leave. I had to go to a meeting. I came back after the meeting. I said, all right, can I go now? And then there was two other guys in front of me, so I couldn't go now. So I had to go pee before meeting started, and then I had to go pee again because I was drinking water to try to be able to go pee because you whip out your your penis and and you're trying to go to the bathroom. And well, this, that's how it usually and, goes, and, and, unless you want to go in your well, pants, unless yeah, you, or you can just uh, <laughs> maybe pull down your pants. You can just pull down your pants and squat like uh, maybe you do. I don't know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, but that's usually that's good. Good on you. Some bud. guys do have to do that. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I had to go bathroom multiple you times never before know that. In these day and age, I had to go bathroom multiple times before that, and then finally I had time to go. Oh, crack it! Go buckle beer. Go buckle beer. I had time to go, and then uh, 
I ended up going and it just looked like water. So then I got dilute and I was put in the system. Um, and Is I had it to, like being a sex offender. <laughs> you have to go, yeah, you right? have to go around to every, your neighbors and tell them that you had bad I, I was dilute just so you guys know. <laughs> Well, so, I wish I'd have done that when you got here. <laughs> I, I actually had to go to – this is also part of You have to go to, like, a psychiatrist or whatever and talk to them and see if you have, like, problems. So I had to go to Illinois. I had to go to Chicago during my off time, during the off season, and I had to go talk to this dude uh, about uh, my brain and how I how I really feel. Is I that told on was, your dime? No, it's on them. Um, okay. But still, it's stupid Boy. because it's ridiculous. I mean, I just – it was dumb. If you should have went and got shit faced. If, if your pee was too clean, boy, I'd hate to see mine. <laughs> Sir, you your pee is blue. <laughs> I know. I've been drinking a lot of blackberry white claw. <laughs> shit. So, well, like, uh, marijuana is so, legal in Colorado. So, why is that still? But in the NFL, season? it's not. Yeah. yeah. So see, you there's... gotta watch out. They might be passed here in the next couple of years. I don't know. It seems like it's. I think what it, it went by in one sport. One of the sports cleared, didn't they? I don't know. I just know Stephen A. Smith. Stay off, off the weed. The weed. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, um, damn it, there was something I was just going to ask you. Go well, ahead, Rump. I was I was thinking about. It. I watched. I don't know if it was a thirty for thirty on ESPN or if it was one of the old NFL videos where they're talking about the Bears and like at halftime, the Chicago Bears would go in there and they would slam like a forty ounce of beer and do like two lines of coke. And, oh yeah, what? what no, the uh, with uh, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, LT. Didn't he, LT used to like do a line of coke and like wait, he wouldn't wake up till about the second quarter or something. They would there kick in and he would just kick everybody's ass. Yeah, but Hall they, of Famer. That's a good idea. I'm gonna have to try. They they show <laughs> everybody knows you can go to 34. You outrun Street. a kickoff. <laughs> be like Forrest Gump. Caught the ball. Just keep going. <laughs> but you know, like I mean, those days were not condoning coke, but it'd been cool to see those dudes come. Back in that locker room, just light up a marble red, you know, just bubble light line. up a dart, you know. Some somebody's that would be so funny. Like you're getting interviewed, and just light us. Of course, there's no smoking, but what are they gonna do? Kick you out? You know, there was smoking back in the in the old days. Oh yeah, Joe Namath smoked on the side. Imagine that now, just well, smoking a cigarette right in the interview, just having a have a cigarette. Hang, don't even light it. Just put you an old cowboy killer, an old, old marble red, marble red, <laughs> right in the corner of your mouth. Well, did you or see no, that? in your ear. Didn't you see that video of uh, what's LSU quarterback? What's oh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow smoking, Burrow smoking a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> his legs crossed. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, and he was legit for that one. I was really Respect. hoping he's got more class than I do because I would have been like, hey, Huskers, hi. Because they told him he was not good enough to yeah, play quarterback in Nebraska. Heisman Trophy. The greatest – LSU just had the greatest season in the history of college football. And they said they had that the, was one of his best or one of the best performances by a QB in college, probably. Yeah, I think ever said that the other day. Yeah, ever. He had the most touchdowns responsible for ever. No, but Joe Burrow's cool. Yeah, for not and he's going to stay in smoking, but he's going to stay in. Oh, he's smoking a cigar. Yeah, but you know, like that's all right. It just you it don't inhale. Cool. I It'll wish I could get in a time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could get a time machine to go back and watch the watch NFL in the eighties, back before like, and I I think safety is great. Okay. Well, it's important. And I'm all for that. But, like, you know, uh, with all the new rules on the hitting, like, if you watch. Just roughing the passer even thing. If you watch, oh, getting out of hand. Oh, it's leave. crazy. So, and being on the defense. Yeah, as a defensive player. So, like, uh, the Hawks weren't even playing. It was, uh, it was actually Michigan, Alabama. And a guy got a roughing the passer penalty. And it was, it was terrible. He was going, he was leaping at the guy, and he still had the ball. 
and he threw it and he then he tackles him, but it was in the motion and he got a roughing the passer. Yeah, How do you do that? So and especially you know when you say you got a crossing route, you got a, a slot receiver crossing route, and, and you can light to... this bitch up. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What's in your head when you know it's coming? When well, you're going to hit him? If it hasn't happened this season yet, I'm probably going to light his ass up. But if it already happened once and I got flagged, then I'm probably going to think about it. But now you have to use your hands and stuff like that. You can't use your shoulder. And really, you can't just you can't deplete them like you used to be able to. And it's crazy because in college, you know, you get the penalty and it's over. And you know, it happened, and uh, you might get kicked out for maybe a targeting or something like that. And in the NFL, you get a fine. So I mean, you get a, a twenty thousand dollar fine or something like that. Oh. And you know, you can always appeal, but it's just ridiculous. One of these guys. I mean, we had Justin Simmons this year, one of our safeties that he's made great hits, and and he had one during Kansas City where it was really dumb, and where he you know just got the ball out, and it was I think it was like a fade route or something like that to Kelsey and. And he got the ball out, and then they threw the flag, and he got in the mail. Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks later. He got uh, like a twenty or thirty thousand dollar fine that he had to go in and appeal to people and try to bring it down. He probably brought it down to I don't know, maybe five, ten grand. But it's just ridiculous. Like, why are you trying to take these guys' money? Uh, yeah. At least, what, where's that money going? It's probably going right, right back to the people up top. You probably should just, uh, if your person gets fined like that, give it to the person that they hit. <laughs> Do something no. smart with the money. I mean, well, the PRCA's. They make a pretty good living off fines too. I got fined a thousand dollars here one year, didn't? Yeah, well, you what the poked, hell did you, you do? poked the bear, bear before before Cinch was a, uh, a legal sponsor, if you will. Oh boy, they had he was a Cinch endorsee, but you could not wear any signage in the arena. Okay. But he had these little stickers. They're about three inches long, about half inch wide. Said Cinch on it, blue background, white lettering. He cuts the C off, so it just says inch, and he puts it on his shoe. He, he's totally seen what he can get away with. Well, they find him $1,000. Oh, my god! But gosh. I tell you what. He says it says inch. I was trying to uh, tell everybody how long Hambone's wiener was. <laughs> inch. Inch. Just one inch. No, but you know how good, you know how good the cinch jeans company is? Shut oh. up. I'm going to shut he you just, off. Turn it's not me as, on. It's not as good as it is in the arena. But the, the coolest thing is, uh, when I got fined, I was like, oh, bummer. But the great people at Cinch Jeans. They probably helped you out with that, didn't they? They they paid for the fine, but they're like, hey, let's uh, use your head a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like when you mess up with your mom or dad. They, they you know, everything's cool, but then at the end, they kind of lecture you about what you did wrong. But, not usual. Yeah. But, like, there is so much. I, I, I see it all the time. Like, guys just playing. Up, when you're 250 pounds. Yeah, and you are hauling ass across uh, the field. Every now and then, you're going to hit somebody harder than you planned. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and now it's all the crown of the helmet, or even you know, shoulder. I mean, and then with defensive uh, player, even if he's which is dumb. It I doesn't mean, matter where you hit him; you can hit him in the shoelaces if he's a defensive player. That's a penalty. There's been stuff that changed games this year with stupid calls like that, and it's just. I feel like they're changing the game way too much. Soon enough, we'll have flags on our belts and we'll be able to pull each other with those. So it's just it's kind of ridiculous with that Seriously? stuff. Seriously, I mean, it, look where it's going with this stuff. I mean, blindside well, blocking. You got the the head and yeah, the neck, you know, crack back. like that. Well, I, I, roughing the did, passer. That's getting that's the worst of them all. I remember Larry Fitzgerald, like basically, he was telling all defenses like, "Don't hit me low, hit me high." Like he wanted them because of his knees. Because guys were started to go low, yeah. So they didn't get back. and now these guys' knees are just getting jacked up. And so this Larry Fitzgerald, one of the 
best receivers ever, you know, solid as a rock, and telling these defensive guys, hit me low, don't hit me high. Or hit me high, don't you hit me low. You know what's a problem when they say something like that? That's that's You try to correct one thing, you're gonna have another problem. So I think it's just it's it's well it's it's snowballing now and it's getting it sucks because it is changing games. It changed Bad. that game, you know, and that was Michigan and I hate Michigan, but I was rooting for the Big Ten. You know, you gotta root for your conference in the right, for sure in the bowl season. But anyway, um I wanted to ask you, I remember what I wanted to ask you. So, who was the dirtiest? Like, I don't know if you want to say it or not, but I'm going to ask you. Who's the dirtiest player? Like, like just talking smack. No, I didn't say dirty. Just who's the biggest mouth in, that you've played with in, against the NFL? In the NFL? Yeah. Shoot. Um, you know, the Sherman. Uh, or ooh, not Sherman. Uh, what are they mouthing? Who's that other? Do who's that other? Guys get mouthed a lot. Like, oh. yeah, you do. I mean, quarterbacks. You look at the Chargers, and you look at uh, Philip Rivers. Man, that dude talks some mad shit. Really, some mad shit. And he's usually talking to. Um, oh shoot, who is he, he talking to? He's talking to Chris Harris. So it was oh, like yeah, well, the number d- one versus cornerback. Yeah, number. I mean, Broncos. one of the best uh, cornerbacks ever played the game, and you, you're talking to him back and forth, and they're just jawing the shit out of each other. And it's just crazy kind of hearing them. And then Chris actually ends up picking him off, and he goes right in his face and just talks so much shit. And I think uh, That's awesome. he's, he's talked shit his whole career, it seems like, um, at quarterback. And I, I just never heard a quarterback talk shit before. Yeah. And especially not at that level. He's just wild, talking it to everybody. And you'll see even on, like, a, maybe like NFL Network or something like that, they'll do a special on him. And you'll – I mean, if you watch it, you'll hear him literally talk to shit look, to the D-lineman. Which I, it's which hard to control too, because then you want to hit him harder, and then sure. you get flagged. And, and I think that's probably exactly what he's doing. He's getting yeah. in your head, Josie. Been, don't let him do it. Yeah, I want to hurt him bad. So. <laughs> I want to hurt you bad. I want to hit that. Well, like, so I love to play football. But then on the other end, there you have Andrew Luck, who is probably the nicest player ever. When I, don't, hit him, I don't know if that was, that was nice or if that was being was sarcastic. Was it? When he said, "Good but, hit, bud. But, good hit." Yeah, but he did it so many times where it seemed it was just nice, like too uh. nice. But but I I don't know. I didn't. I was like I was kind of turned off by it. I didn't know if it was being sarcastic sarcasm or if it was for real but he did it almost every time so it makes it feel like it might have been for real maybe he's just so nice it's unexpected i don't know nice people you know it's not a lot of nice people on the defense especially so i'm not used to that uh but maybe he was a nice dude i think he probably got it right with being nice but i'd have taken it being sarcasm and try to hurt him it seems like uh aaron Rodgers. he i don't think it's so much shit he talks it's just kind of he's got that swagger swagger and it kind of razzes and just kind of smart ass but he smiles yeah. And you want to be mad at him, but he's pretty cool, dude. It's, that's what it seems like to me. I don't know. No, I think you're right on that one. He's pretty damn good, so it's hard to it, it's hard to get yeah get it going with him. So, uh, so how about uh, when you guys played the Seahawks? You know, Lynch wasn't uh, you haven't had. Well, any, I, I uh, played him uh, when he was with the Raiders. Uh, my, oh, that's right. Yeah, it was my first game that I actually played on defense. Marshawn Lynch is a beast. Yeah, how, one of did our you, other. Did you? Have, I tackled him. I actually have a. I think I posted a picture on my Instagram of me tackling him. I have to look that up. Yeah, look it up. It's one of the earlier ones. Um, but that was my first game ever playing defense. One of the other linebackers got hurt, and he couldn't play the run very well. So I, that's all we did at Iowa pretty much play the dang runs. So yeah. <laughs> I went against I, – and I went in there on third downs, and then I went against there, and they were trying to run the clock out. So I went out there, and uh, I actually got a one-on-one tackle with him, which was, was pretty dope. I mean, he's one of the best running backs uh, ever yeah. do it. And he's – He runs he's, people over he's funny or if he's just – Kind of a dick. But did he, but he, did he say anything to stuff. you? No, he didn't say nothing to me. But I'm just talking about his media and all his press conferences oh. and stuff like that. Yeah, he's, I'm here so I don't get fined. Yeah, the Skittles man. Yeah, but you know what? He seems like a pretty cool dude in that. I think he is, yeah. He looked like the kind of guy I'd want to hang out with. 
Yeah, well, oh, I, there we it actually is right there. He actually talked once once for the first time in one of his media things. It was Ooh. actually pretty inspirational the other day. That's that's laying the old smackdown on one. Yeah, yeah, it was like a side tackle. It's all right. You don't have to you don't have to lie to the fans. <laughs> well, there's another guy in there, and then there's another guy. In the yeah, they had to kid. help. They had to help. <laughs> I was grabbing his leg. Somebody help me, please. Yeah, uh, no, it's uh, that's awesome. So who's who's the hardest? Uh, like, I mean, have you been just like in college too? Because I know one of the greatest. It it sucked so bad, but I'm gonna guess. Well, I was gonna say who's the hardest guy you kind of like to tackle, and it had to be. Uh, oh God, Penn State. Oh yeah, Saquon. 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 That was one of that we were watching those highlights. You that, told me he, Saquon was gonna be the Heisman that year. Yeah, Saquon. Uh, in that matchup, I remember because uh, Herb Street and Fowler were calling that game. Yeah. And they were just like, <laughs> you just splashed your white claw in your eye. <laughs> That's what you so <laughs> it was, but it was cool because you guys, you know, the, the, the defense bent, but then it did not break because they, you guys stopped them a lot. Yeah. We and that did. was, they had Trace McSwirly, little doucher. And the greatest, one of the coolest thing was, was when uh, Josie picked him off and he did, McSorley did this thing where he did the home, home run, run swing every time he did something big, you know? And Josie picks it off and then runs it back about 20 yards. And McSorley is actually the one who finally gets him down. And he's, like, getting up. And Josie, right in his face, does the home run swing. Yeah, that was probably one that of the That was one moments. of the coolest things. I enjoyed that. Do you, uh, do you, re- do you remember that? I was going to do the whole Chris <laughs> Farley. Do you, do you remember I would... that time when, when, when you were playing the Penn State? And you, <laughs> he, you, and you caught the pat. You remember that? I was – that was um, that was awesome. Uh, for those of you who don't know that skit on Saturday Night Live, you need to look it up. Chris Farley. Anyway, uh, one of the like Sa- Saquon had to be because his legs ridiculous. Look at him. I mean, yeah, they're not supposed to be on the body. <laughs> I mean, he's crazy. Him and uh, I think it was like Mel- probably Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Yeah. I think those are the two hardest guys to tackle that I've ever played against. Um, Saquon's different. He, uh, Melvin Gordon's more like powerful run through you kind of sometimes when in college, especially. Uh, but then you got Saquon who will jump over you, or he'll uh, you know run around you and stuff like that. Or spin and, or juke, yeah, he can do it all. And he can he can run you over too, probably. But uh, yeah, he had a he had a heck game, and it was it was tough. I mean, that game was tough. They won one. Was that the last play? It was the last play of the game. Yeah, touchdown. That uh, was a pass. Yeah, was to a number that was a pass right in the back of the end zone, and for them to oh the bastards, and the Hawks should have beat them this year too. Yeah, stupid Penn State and their bald-headed oh. coach. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> anyway, well, cool, um, man. Great it's guy. just awesome to have you here, and just being a cool dude. Let alone a some days, yeah. And a, from days. the farm to the football field. Seriously, it's a cool story. From uh, you know a guy that's a. Oops! There's the bulls. The bull in the background. <laughs> Time for that PBR. So. Uh, <laughs> We, somebody better go load those bulls because the stock contractors aren't going to. Nope. Um, so, uh, but anyway, Josie, thanks for for coming down. And it's uh, it's I don't know, it's just it's badass. It's cool to have different people. That's what I love about Rump Chat. We're everywhere, man. Tell, We're everything. Tell different stories, you know. And, and uh, yeah, it was a it's a cool story. I Two star. You, you earned the fifth. So uh, all you farm kids back in Reno County, Kansas. That's right. If you want to kick ass, don't stop. Don't Amen. stop. Amen. You can, you know, one day you'd be feeding the cows, going to Luther College Play in the hometown you live in, and you're just going to 
raised cows and a family in northeast Iowa. Next thing you know, Vaughn Miller's bumping into you with his big dong. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end it with watch that. Out for that yeah. <laughs> oh. That's a good way to end it. Big dog. Oh, oh, watch out, watch out. Hey, big whoa. dog. <laughs> I bet some, some of the huge guys, is it just like, do you ever find yourself looking over like, Jesus? You know, I don't oh. like to look too much. I'm not, well, I'm not, I know, I'm not saying you look, but it just like goes in your, say There's you're looking across variety. the room oh, talking at God. somebody, and then all of a sudden, bam. Got to watch out for the python. <laughs> oh, my God. Big old anaconda in front of your face. <laughs> There's a wide array of people, that's for sure. <laughs> I thought we were about to tie this up. Yeah. We're talking dogs, so let's go ahead and wrap this one up. <laughs> oh, we're going we're gonna to close it out. But thanks to uh, the outlaw Josie Jewell, again, one of the greatest Hawkeyes of all time, and now Denver Bronco, and fan of rodeo. Awesome. Uh, you know, they go to rodeos, and him and his wife, they know Tim O'Connell, you know, another Iowa boy, obviously, world champ multiple time, and – and uh, they come down here to and support. Uh, they walked around today, and so it's a uh, agricultural. A, agricultural. It's just awesome. So yeah, awesome. we thank you for taking the time to sit with our two dumbasses. Thanks yep. for having me on here. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We're gonna close it out with a little. This is C.J. Bethard's brother Tucker. No idea. Tucker Bethard. One of the better songs you got right here. Yeah, exactly. All right. Adios, Rump Chat Nation. Bye, love you. Girl, I really did mean it when I wished you the best. Good to hear you're killing it.